0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Draco's Den. It's a weird week across the world. Everybody's dealing with that virus or whatever. So, I've been a little bit late with trying to get my next show in and get it recorded, but I'm finally sitting here randomly on a Tuesday to record my show. And you know, normally I try to release it by Saturday, but hey, you know the old saying better late than never. So, Let's go ahead and get into this show this week. But a few updates before I get into my main topic. Um, I'm probably going to uh, record a few different shows this week. Um, I may or may not put them all out at once. But that's just because I'm going to have downtime between going on vacation next week, which was already planned at the start of the year, and being out of work and forced to work from home at least part of the week anyway due to the state of emergency in Missouri, prepare for more content to come and definitely keep sending me, you know, questions and suggestions because I am free to record uh, shows on whatever topic is handy since, you know, I'll be home quite a bit although i will be going on vacation i'm still planning on going out of town um next week during my vacation uh there'll still be a show recorded that will come out on my normal schedule just won't have been recorded the same day which is how i normally do these um a few more updates though uh let's see what's going on here um Like I said, since I'm out of work, um, I'm home with the kids and I've had to deal with more stuff with the kids. So I have a question later that's going to help us get more into what I'm dealing with as a foster parent now. Um, Because it's been a doozy. Um, And I got a lot of questions to deal with, a lot of things, honestly. So. I said I was going to do a QA for the show, so I am. Um, so, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get started with the first questions. Okay, so since I mentioned it right off, let's get into the question about the kids here. I did get a question here, and it says this What's going on with the situation with your youngest foster child and his birth parents? This question actually winds up being a little bit more timely than I would have originally anticipated. I had a meeting about my youngest foster son um, today. And despite the fact that, as I call them, his birth giver and sperm donor are not doing their jobs as parents. They're not doing everything that they're really asked to do. and. Sperm owner specifically seems to be very content to be a sometime parent. A parent when it's convenient, not a parent when he's actually needed. Which would be the smart way to go, honestly. Um, instead, um, he vanished for three weeks. No explanation until halfway through that. And then the explanation was, oh, well, my phone was broken. So apparently that prevented him from getting another phone, calling, texting, emailing. I don't really give a damn. It's a very shallow excuse. And I'm not real fond of lame excuses. I'm also not fond of an adult a parent, supposed to be a parent, telling a child to call them more often because such and such other sibling calls them, and basically telling him, you know, chase me and make me be your dad. I don't have time for that. Unfortunately, decisions on my foster children, in some cases, are out of my hands. So, despite this lack of actual attempting to be a parent they're moving forward with the decision of reunification and trying to transition him to the sperm donor away from me. And unfortunately, my experience as foster parents, there comes a point where you get a little tired of, of, of constantly fighting back on something and knowing you're not being heard. And it does not help when another foster parent is so lackadaisical and is not also pointing out the same issues that you're, you're having, you know, in a case like this, where we have siblings in the same family and under the same circumstances, if all the foster parents involved were being honest, we might not be going down this road. But unfortunately, the decision has been made to go down the road of reunification instead of, you know, terminating rights and doing something more permanent and healthy. It is what it is. I agreed to continue to be a support to my child, even as he transi- as he transitions back and after he transitions back. That being said, I don't intend to really stay in Missouri, so most of my support will really be by phone or video chat, maybe. Um, you know, let him come up for the summers, and I don't intend to stop fostering, whether I you know change my mind and remain in Missouri or I move elsewhere. I actually enjoy what I do. So I'm going to do the fostering wherever I go, wherever I stay. But, you know, this particular situation just happens to get on my nerves. So to be fair and answer the question, there's still a lot of disappointments. There's still a lot of broken promises, but Our foster system is so damn broken. They really don't give a shit. And most people don't understand this. If you put in the slightest, tiniest little bit of effort, apparently, with getting your kids back, and you talk at the game, you can get them, even when it's not the best decision, even when if someone was really looking at it and not just trying to lower the caseload on their docket, they would see that things are not being done that would show that you're actually trying to be a parent but but as a foster parent there's only so much arguing that i can do and at this point at this late in the process having had him for a year there's only so much arguing that i'm willing to do so they're going to transition make this transition um and i'm going to go along with it and after it's done you know Take in the next foster child. There's another question going along with that. Um, I kind of answered part of it. I was asked this one. Do you intend to continue fostering and to take in any other children or are you content with the children that you have? Simple answer here. Yes, I intend to keep fostering um yes i do intend to take in more children there is a limit to how many i can take at one time given my current residence i only have a two-bedroom apartment i can only have two children of the same sex in one room um so i can really only take in one other child and keep in mind i do still have my 13 year old and they still are wanting him to return home and and he will not be a foster child he's going to be an adoptive placement So I do have to kind of keep room for that. However, I know that we're nowhere near the time for him to return home. So in the meantime, I'm willing to take other foster children. I got a call just this past weekend about taking an emergency placement. The only reason I didn't take him was, A, I finally had a weekend free and they called me on a Saturday evening like, oh, well, even though I would have 24 more hours free, theoretically, "Um, would you mind taking this 12-year-old child and taking him in as an emergency placement and knowing the confusion that's going on right now with schools being canceled and all that and, uh, this, this wasn't the best time and then 12 year old eight year old same room and they don't know each other not re- something I'm real high on doing so I didn't take that one um I will consider another placement if they call me for one who's closer to his age either a couple of years younger or only a couple of years older so no older than 10 right now, I would take a kid in just because I feel a little bit better about the situation with him having someone close to his age versus someone 3, 4, 5 years older. Just my personal preference. And as I said, even if after this is all done and I move away from Missouri, which is the plan, I want to get the hell out of Missouri, um, I would still foster wherever I go. So... Once I move and get settled in, and you know, obviously before I move, I would have a job already lined up. But once I'm used to my work schedule and have learned a little bit about the area, then I would take in additional foster children because I genuinely enjoy parenting and and foster parenting and knowing that I have at least helped a few of the kids that I've taken in. Okay, let's get a little bit more into some other questions that aren't necessarily so heavy, but I may still feel just as strongly about. So, of course, with the last show being about AEW, I had to get some questions from a few different people here about just how harsh I was on that show. So, question number one was pretty simple here. Do you just not like AEW? Okay. So initially I would like to just say yes, I really just don't. However, my issues with that show are not even limited to just that company. I am not even keen on WWE right now. I'm not very big on Ring of Honor or Impact Wrestling. I don't watch NJPW. I just can't get interested into it personally. Most wrestling bores me now there is a lack of storytelling in the matches there is an over-reliance on promos from people who probably should never have a mic stuck in front of them on live television there when you go and you look at these matches like i was extremely hard on the tag title match and the women's match And I don't apologize for that. Because they were generally kind of shitty matches. And I'm not the way to apologize for my opinion on those. I don't particularly like AEW. I have a a number of problems that occurred to me with that company and have since the idea of it was introduced. Everyone thinks it was such a good idea to have A company where all the vice presidents and and people in charge of creative and all that are the boys, wrestlers. Problem, none of any of them have any experience with booking a show, writing a show, focusing on long-term storytelling. And at least three of the four of them are the drizzling shits in the ring. So, I was never high on this company to begin with, but like everybody, I gave it a chance. What turned me off on the first show was the fact that the commentary sucked. Um, And what's still turning me off as I listen is it's like, because they have their little TV-14 rating and WWE is still PG-rated, they seem intent on every show to randomly throw heavier cuss words into the show for no real reason. Like, it's not one of those cases where it's like, okay, you can tell that this is just how they would talk naturally, and it looks more like somebody watched fucking South Park the night before, and it's like, oh, I'm going to find a way to work that swear word into a promo, and that's what they do. I'm going to work it into a show. So it's like they, I want to throw cuss words out randomly. And I'm like, of course, as we know from the last show, I cuss whenever the hell is convenient. I've cussed a couple times in this show. But is that legitimately the way I talk? I'm not cussing for dramatic effect. I'm not searching for a cute cuss word to throw out just because someone else can't do that on their show. That's too much tryharding. It's too much trying to appeal to base common denominators among you know the lower end of the fan base also they told us they were going to have a more serious sports presentation type of product and while they technically have the little records or whatever that they keep online has anyone noticed that none of the contenders have you know particularly great records not like you know oh well this person is in the running for the AEW world title and won his last i don't know fuck 20 matches in a row and here he goes he's the number one contender no they don't really seem to care about their own system so maybe they ought to do away with the system and just do what wrestling always did and fucking make whoever you want the contender but don't insult intelligence by saying oh we're gonna do a sports-based presentation Which would imply that people would have to earn stuff in storyline by winning matches consistently not really a thing. Like hell, you're y I mean, the only champion that had a decent win record was Chris Jericho. And I guess Moxley's isn't too bad, but like Nyla Rose, her record was a little spotty. I mean, and she kinda lost the title match or two, so but she's a champion now. It, it it just... Everything they said they were going to do, they kind of didn't do. And they said they weren't going to be WWE, but I can watch her program and I can clearly see this is so WWE. Like, this is so WWE. The way you do things, the way you set up things, just the way you plot out your storyline in some cases. It's like, okay, if you're going to be more serious in your product and you don't want to be WWE don't do the exact same thing WWE would do in that situation. And look, I get everybody wanted an alternative to WWE. We've been asking for that since WCW died in 2001. And we've had a couple of them of companies that have tried to be an alternative. We had TNA or Impact Wrestling or whatever, and they weren't any good. So, ultimately in the long run, they didn't last. They're still around, but yeah, you know, they're not really competition, but really going to compete with them. And now you have this one. But I'm like, eh, I don't see how this one's any better than TNA. So if your question is, do I just hate AEW? Kind of. But keep in mind, there were good things on that show. And I pointed out the good things on that show. I enjoyed Cody versus MJF because that was legitimately a good wrestling match. Just most of the rest of the show kind of sucked ass. Okay, and follow-up to that, there's going to be a couple of these uh, wrestling-related questions. Next question. So, what would it take to get you to watch a WWE show and get your thoughts on that? Well, you would probably have to be one of the sponsors uh, on the show, so you would probably need to be one of the people that's donating to keep it going. I would have to be allowed to watch it after it's already aired so I can fast forward through it. Because actually watching these shows all the way through without being able to fast forward sucks. And I do keep up with the results on the feds that are major enough to do so. So I keep up with WWE's results, even if I don't watch it. Same with AEW, somewhat. Um, but I And then the one program I watch is the NWA. Speaking of which, to tie another question in, I was asked would I be willing to watch and review the Crockett Cup, which originally my answer to that was going to be yes. But given the events going on this week in the world, uh, that event has been postponed indefinitely because the only people not willing to postpone a major event are the WWE. They are not willing to entirely postpone WrestleMania, So they're going to host it at the Performance Center with no live audience for the first time ever. Gotta say, I'm pretty sure that's going to be kind of shitty. Just judging off what we've already seen when they've done shows with no audience, it's weird. You know, watching an entire wrestling show with no audience is awkward because even if we're at home, we kind of count on hearing the reaction from the fans in the arena, whether it sways our reaction to whatever's going on or not. Um, I'm not going to go back and watch Elimination Chamber. Um, just don't feel like putting myself through that. If I'm going to watch a WWE pay-per-view, I might be willing to watch WrestleMania and review that just to see how it turns out and to try to go based on the quality of the matches not be as, off, as put off by... The fact that there's no one there live watching it to cheer when I need to hear cheering. Um, so I'd be willing to watch something of theirs. Now, If to tie in, I'm not going to watch a, a New Japan show. I'm sorry. I just don't like this new style of wrestling in Japan. It doesn't hold my interest. Um, I have beef with... Anything Ring of Honor related, mainly because they are the worst as far as me being able to watch it on TV and, and literally just my mind instantly say, you didn't actually hit that guy, because I can tell you didn't hit that guy. You know, Other federations, WWE, AEW, and DWA, if they're not hitting each other, they at least know how to fucking make it look like they are, whereas Ring of Honor for the past several years to me, just... Looks the funniest. I mean, they managed to stay around, and I hope they stay around. But Jesus Christ is hard to look at their stuff. So, and I know Ring of Honor is doing some stuff with the NWA. So, when everything's back up and going, yeah, I, I might be willing to try to suffer through some of their stuff. But I am very behind on who the hell is in Ring of Honor and what they do, other than Marty Scurll and Jay Lethal. I think that's, like, the only two names I know off the top of my head from Ring of Honor. So I would watch the shows, any of the shows that are recommended, especially from someone supporting the show. But with the caveat, I need to be able to watch it after it aired and be able to fast-forward to the parts that I think are bullshit. Okay, next question, I apparently kind of prompted based on what I post on social media. So this person asked, what do you have planned for this new book on Adonis? Now, if you've listened to some of the other shows, you know who Adonis is, but essentially Adonis is a character in the Dragon Hunter series that a lot of people, especially my female fans, seem to really, really like, that originally seemed like he was going to be paired with the Brandon character and instead wound up dying. Um... And I did post that I had finally come up with an idea to give him his own book, which I had said I was going to do like two or three years ago, but never got around to actually starting up. Well, and my answer to you is this. I'm not telling. I am not telling what I'm going to do with the book. But understand that Adonis will get his own original story. It is not going to be a flashback story. Um. But I came up with something that I think will allow Adonis to have a story that's true to him and doesn't discount his history with Brandon and Phil and the fact that he died. That's all I'm giving you on that one. I'm not going to give any extra information because I want you to read the damn book. So if I tell you all of it on here now, what makes you read the book? So that's pretty much what it is. I know a way to give Adonis a story, even though he is dead, that will allow him to have a more satisfying story without rewriting his history, without just mystically... Bringing him back to life in the same, you know, body, same instance that he, he already was. So I know where I'm going with it. It's going to take me a little while to really get into that. I'm, I have the idea in my head. I have the prologue written pretty much in my head and just need to sit down and write it down. Which will probably get done after I'm done recording this. But, yeah. Well, at least that one last story will be added into the Dragon Hunter series. I had considered ending it at Blood Monarch just because I can. There's no set way for me to end that series. And yes, I know there may also be the idea in some people's head because it's in mine. Well, what about the book that was supposed to come after Blood Monarch that you already had written that you haven't put out? I haven't decided what I'm going to do with that book yet. I kind of think I might just kind of put it on the chopping block like it was a nice story and there are elements to it that I would like to include in the series and there's information in it that definitely needs to be included but I feel that Adonis needs his book now and this other book can kind of be done whenever. Okay here's a really interesting one and from someone I can tell really pays attention to what I do. This person asks, I know you're a writer and most writers read a lot as well. Would you be willing to do reviews of books on the podcast? My answer to this is yes. I would probably have to combine it within a show unless I want to do a really in-depth analysis of a particular story. And I'm not really trying to talk about a book like they do in school and give it extra meanings that the author never Had in mind, but I would totally be open to the idea of doing a verbal review on books that are suggested and sent to me on the podcast. I don't see anything wrong with that. It might actually be kind of fun. It might actually get me to stay back on top of reading because I haven't done as much lately as I should. Um, If you look on my website, you'll notice it's been a few weeks since I've published anything on the blog. And a lot of what I do is normally book-related stuff. It's either, you know, updates on my stuff, which, I mean, I have a podcast for now, and it's so much easier to talk about this stuff than it is to type it out, Um, or it's a book review or hosting a a book tour or or something along those lines. And I haven't done any lately. Um, A lot of that has just been the time constraints that come from being a single dad, and and when I come home, I need to kind of decompress and doesn't really decompress when I have to do reviews and I have to write them out, especially within a certain time limit. But I would totally be open to the idea of supporters, you know, suggesting books for me to review as well. Like I feel like it's a fair suggestion that I would be willing to talk about most discussions that come from someone that is supporting the podcast. I would prefer to steer clear of anything political just as a preference. Um, Like, I know y'all heard at the last show that I can go on a rant when I find something particularly frustrating or stupid. And for wrestling, to me, that's okay. But when it gets into politics, I tend to prefer to steer clear of that. I mean, I will answer like short questions, I guess, if if that came along, but I don't want to do a whole show on politics because, frankly, we all read enough about that on social media anyway, and it's fucking depressing, so I'm not going to do it. But to answer this question specifically, yes, I would be open to taking suggestions and submissions of books for me to read and review on the podcast. I think that'd be a little bit different. And I would probably get a kick out of it. Okay, next question is ought to be a little bit fun. This person asks, I know you play video games fairly frequently. What's your current game to play? What's your go-to game, I guess, is what they're asking me, right? So... If you're looking for something current-gen, like, really recent, that's, like, I just love to play over and over or still has a whole lot to do in it, the most recent game I bought was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I'm not done with that game yet, but Disney kind of pissed me off, so I've been turned off from everything Star Wars because they keep fucking up canon. But if you just want to go overall with what game do I like to just kind of go back to, I have several my all-time favorite game is a game called Gears from playstation one love the game love the story love the music and i will still go back to this day because yes i own it and yes i still have a playstation one that i can plug in at any time and i will go back and i will play this game front to back i will put another 40 50 hours into it and have no problem being entertained the whole time more recent games um Obviously, I tend to love things that come across as being really creative to me. So I am a role-playing game kind of guy. So I always go back to games that suck me into the story, especially if there are multiple ways to play it, multiple endings, multiple whatever. Dragon Age and Mass Effect, big things for me specifically. So, I have to, have to qualify Mass Effect. Mass Effect 3 is actually my favorite to play. I know how everyone bitches about the ending, but I actually love the whole... I love the story of the whole franchise, but I love the gameplay in 3 the best. Just my personal favorite. Um, I love all three Dragon Age games. Yes, I even love Dragon Age 2. For people that know the series and are like, well, what about... No, I fucking love Dragon Age 2 and stop shitting on that game. Um... But, I also love a lot of stuff on the Nintendo Switch. Yes, I play Pokemon. No, I'm not ashamed to be 32 years old and still play Pokemon because I started playing it way back with red, blue, and yellow. And it's fun. And I'm a grown man. And I can spend my money on what I want to spend on it. So, yes, I have Pokemon Sword. Yes, I enjoy playing it. Yes, I will be getting the DLC, the expansion pack, whatever. Yes, I will be continuing to play it. Yes, I will continue to play Pokemon games until they stop making them more than likely. And I don't feel sorry about that. Um. I, and as far as the Switch goes, I actually there's some games that were on previous systems that I find that I like better on the Switch than I did on the original system, such as Dragon's Dogma. I hated that game on Xbox. Love it on the Switch. Fantastic game. Um. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of lore in that game, a lot of stories, I mean, some interesting characters. Could be better in some ways, like, having party members or, like, permanent party members that have actual fucking personality would be great. But that game is phenomenal and plays much better for me on the Switch than it did on Xbox. Um, but my other favorite on the Switch, it's exclusive to the Switch, is Fire Emblem Three Houses. Loved it. Have beaten it, all three of the original houses through. I still need to go get the expansion pass on that one and do all the new stuff. But those are the types of games that I'm going to play. I like the story. I like the creativity. I like having choices, especially. So, that's the difference between, you know, like, uh, Mass Effect and, and, and Dragon Age and Fire Emblem versus my my all-time favorite gears, where I'm not really making a choices. They just had a really fucking fantastic story. My choices were who the hell I wanted to put in my party to do each fight, basically. And there's an appeal to both. As as long as the story is engaging, I can get into it. So, but I continually go back to those games. Xenogears, Dragon Ages, I'm going back to Fire Emblem again. I played the Pokemon games. Uh, I have the more recent Yu-Gi-Oh! game they put on the Switch. Not as big of a fan of some of the changes in the rules, but I play it. Anything that can hold my attention and kind of distract me from daily life. Now, I also play all the wrestling games, and I, of course, made the mistake that everyone else did and went out and bought 2K20. Like many of us, I fucking hate it, but I also sold 2K19, so I don't have much choice. I'm going to have to continue playing it when I'm in the mood. And... You know, or a little bit of wrestling action and, and, you know, that urge to smack someone in the face with a chair. It does the job. It just has a lot of glitches in it. But, for me, those are my type of games. I really prefer the role-playing ones, though. Alright, last question, so this one doesn't run as long as some of my other topics do. This question is... If you had a choice of any fantasy world to be dropped into, which one would you choose and why? I had to think a little hard on this one. There are so many to choose from. I have so many different fandoms. But if I had to choose, I would pick the Star Wars universe before Disney got hold of it. And yes, I am very specific on that one because fuck everything Disney has done to it since they got it. But when George Lucas had it and we had all of what they call the Legends lore was canon, that universe would probably be my favorite to be brought into as long as I get to use the Force. I'm not coming in this bitch to be a bounty hunter. I don't want to use guns. It's boring. I could do that in real life. No. I want to use the Force. I want to telekinetically toss people places or zap them with lightning. No. I would not be a regular Jedi. I would at best be a gray Jedi. Not a Sith because I wouldn't really be intent on being evil or world domination but I would definitely want to be able to use the power of lightning. Damn it. Some close considerations were of course Hogwarts the Harry Potter world um, I mean I grew up when it you know Harry Potter came out when I was like in 5th grade blew up when I was in 7th grade but like I had already read the first like 3 books by the time everybody else hopped on the bandwagon So, I would probably go with that um, as a secondary choice. I'm a I would have to kind of pull from some video game universes, I think. I would definitely have no problem being dropped into the Dragon Age world. Or even the Mass Effect world. But, yeah, first and foremost choice would be Star Wars prior to Disney fucking it over so if i can get all of the basically the legends star wars universe i would be okay with being stuck in i would have fun i mean what's with, with not to have fun you get to be in a galaxy far far away from this hellhole you got basically you're basically a space wizard so you get to move things you know whoops you could use laser swords i mean that's pretty much kind of fun to me, so I, I think that would be my, my go-to, really, as a fantasy world to go into. Although, does that really count as fantasy or, or sci-fi? I don't really give a shit. I Either way, that would be choice number one. Okay, so that was the last question for this week's little Q&A. This is just kind of to make things a little bit lighter, a little bit more fun for me, a little less serious somewhat less ranty. Um, But I did receive a suggestion for another show topic to do and I kind of agree with the idea. I think it'll be interesting, so I'm going to run with it. And basically, the next show will be about the fact that not only am I just a single father, I am a single father who is also Wiccan or pagan for the more umbrella term. And... I got some interesting questions, you know, on that one to kind of answer. Like, how how does that work? Especially because my children are not of the same faith as me. They are foster children. They were brought up in a totally different faith. Uh, my oldest is still kind of indoctrinated in that particular faith because one of the residential homes he was in was a Christian home. So that's his thing. Um, so next week, I'm going to discuss what it's like being you know, a pagan father, basically, just, I I don't, I'm not a Judeo-Christian person, so I don't raise them, I don't really operate under that set of rules, and I don't force that on them, but next week, I'm gonna get into that, you know, my challenges as I deal with there being a difference with these children and me in religion, and how I make time to practice my religion and engage in my faith aside from the obvious of I believe it to my head. So I'm gonna talk about, you know, what's different about my style of parenting coming from a pagan or wiccan background versus, you know, and while raising children who are of honestly Christian backgrounds. So that will be the next episode of Draco's in. Until next time everybody stay safe, everybody uh, wash your damn hands, everybody, you know, try not to be around too many people and just keep safe, keep family safe, and I will be around next week, and we're going to talk about another branch in the tree of parenting. Go wrong, everybody.